Inside the halls of American hospitals, millions of people find comfort, healing, and support. But for many doctors and nurses, this couldn't be further from the truth. This podcast will dive into the shadows of American healthcare to investigate and uncover the abuse, control, and political power plays that leave the very people responsible for our nation's health broken and battered. We're sharing stories of professionals in medicine that have experienced horrendous treatment at the hands of a broken system that does nothing to stop the trauma. As the Association of American Medical Colleges states, long before the Me Too movement, women in medicine have instinctively banded together to counter a culture that too often tolerated harassment. From systemic trauma to abusive power to the unspoken rules of cover-ups and corruption, Mandy Irby and Phoebe will take you to the darkest corners of healthcare in America so you can have an inside look at bringing humanity back to medicine. Sensitive content warning. This podcast will share details of triggering subjects such as sexual assault and workplace violence. So if you aren't in a space to listen, respect your mental health and tune in again at another time. Hello and welcome back. Hey, it's Mandy and he he. Hey. Hey, and welcome to American Heroes, but at what expense? He he was just telling me a story and asked me, hey, Mandy, have you ever been called a hero as a nurse? You know, everyone's called a superhero. <laughs> and I immediately made the gag sound. <laughs> and if you can relate, I'm so glad you're here. We're so glad you're listening because we have a story and we want to talk about why people call healthcare workers and healthcare professionals heroes, what it means and how we feel about it. So Hehe, what was the article that you read that sparked this whole, whole podcast? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I was scrolling on social media, obviously, and I saw this person climbing out of a a window of a crash car. So I naturally click on it. And the story goes on to tell that this nurse needed to get to her job at the hospital so badly that she got into a multiple car pileup and then ended up having to climb out her car window and didn't feel like she was able to call out of work. And it posed her as an American hero. And my first thought was, yeah, but at what expense? Geez, the woman didn't even feel like she could call into her coworkers and say, I've been in a car accident. I won't be into work today. Um, And so I just think this is a worthy discussion of how does it feel as a nurse when, or as a provider of any sort, when we call you heroes? So naturally I turned to research to see if there had been any, and there has been, um, and it's not great. It totally does not support calling providers and nurses heroes, but Mandy, why the gag sound? Why, (laughs) what does that, you know, kind of bring up in you as a provider, as a nurse who is often called a hero? Um, first that story, my, I saw it, it was like a red car with like the back opened up. She like got out of the hatchback and it was a, it was an, a wreck of like, I don't know, like 30 vehicles and there were deaths, like loss of life in this accident. It was a huge deal. So first I'm thinking, um, she walked through that. She walked through the fire and literally risked her life additionally (laughs) to get to a shift. And then I thought, oh my God, her car is going to be in 
the pile up. How is she going to leave her shift? <laughs> like the important part of clocking out and going home. She's not going to have her vehicle. <laughs> I know that stuck with me. I'm obviously a burn, burned out nurse <laughs> looking forward to that clocking out time. But when you said hero, it's so common for society to say that, especially in 2021, right after 2020, where everyone cheered for Medicare medical staff and they clapped and they toasted and they sang and they had signs up that said superhero at work, superheroes work here. I think it is a sick excuse for not providing healthcare professionals with the safety and mental health care that they require to do their jobs in a healthy long-term way. Okay. So it's really funny that you say that is your feeling as a nurse, because um, the research actually supports that. The research does say that the language that we use around uh, the persona of medical professionals actually acts as an excuse to provide safe and supportive environments for these people to work in. Um, and so that's really sad. I'm so sorry. I mean, you okay. know, it's, it's really... Um, the responsibility that comes along with being a superhero is super unrealistic, right? Superhuman, um, superheroes are always in these dangerous situations in movies and in movies, they never have their car when they need it, or their, you know, their shield is cracked when they need it the most or whatever they, it may they, be. They look for those situations, right? Yes. They seek out the danger and they fly down to it because that's what they want. That's where they want to be. I just wanted to have a job where I could help people in their best and darkest days. I didn't ask for a cape. Insider tip, insider info, nurses don't call each other heroes. Management and administration calls medical professionals, nurses, doctors, healthcare workers, all included. They call us heroes. I never sent a superhero card to my friend who was like, had a baby. Way to go, superhero. You had a baby and you're a nurse. Never sent a superhero. My my parents never send me superhero cards. They know. They know that is trash and that is harmful and hurtful. So when we're painting, when he he paints the picture of what a superhero is, they have this one way better costume than scrubs. <laughs> Please. Like they get to pick their colors. <laughs> if Designer. I'm called an American, if I'm called an American hero, I want a badge. I and a sword. I want some sort of shiny material across my chest, whatever. Security clearance. I want to know about the aliens. I want all of it. If <laughs> exactly. I'm a hero, I get to know everything. I should have known about <laughs> Corona. We should have known. We were, we should have been told <laughs> and we fly down and we save it, but everyone, you know, cheers and looks up to the superheroes. And that's also doesn't happen. Like I think people can say, well, I, I just think hero implies that people don't need to be taken care of. So heroes are superheroes are not fully human. They're only partially human. Right. Is if I yeah. understand superheroes, yeah. right. I have a six-year-old, so I'm getting it. Hulk 
Yeah, definitely. Spider-Man, right? They all have double lives. You have your your human persona and then your superhero persona. And I think that is what we expect a lot of times from from providers and nurses, right? It goes back to you saying like, how can I leave that at work? Well, that's that's who you are. You're a superhero. You leave it at work and then you go home and you be mom, wife, partner, you know, whatever. Maybe you have side businesses, best friend, dog mom, like whatever it is that you serve at home. You're expected to have two different identities, just like your superheroes. But so call me a superhero, but don't treat me like a superhero because you're really just going to give me pizza, right? You know, who mm-hmm. opened my eyes to this is Katie Duke, who's a nurse who is really speaking out about kind of the shitty treatment of nurses in America. And she talks about like, you're going to call us a superhero, but then when it's time to actually give us PPE so that we can be these superheroes, you don't got it. When it comes time to giving us raises, you don't got it, but we got pizza. We got pizza. Everybody's got pizza, right? There's always a pizza party for nurses. Like your, your, your superheroes don't want any more pizza. Yeah. And, and it's a, it's a title that no one freaking asked for Mm. nurses, doctors. We don't say, you know what? I want to go to medical school because I want people to call me a hero. Uh, Mm. I want to go to medical school because I don't want fair pay for years. I want toxic work environment. I don't want health and healthy and safe work environment. I don't want adequate PPE. You know, I really just want to just donate my time, feel like I'm volunteering and help people that don't understand how crappy it is where I am. Like I didn't go to nursing school to never work with a lunch break or in an environment of fear instead of support and community. It's always like, we always think it's like, oh, we're going to be in this team, this unit. We're always going to feel supported in it's community. And then management and administration is like, here's some old pizza and some donuts. You should be grateful. I went to be a nurse for hazard pay, right? I went to be a nurse to pay off my student loans and many nurses can't do that right now. And not even including medical bill, like um, medical school loans. Holy moly. I, no one asked for this hero title to replace safe PPE. We thought we would get the oxygen mask first and then we can support people confidently that we can all be safe in an unsafe environment. And that, as we can all see, did not happen. And that was a choice. That was a choice made by hospitals and the healthcare system. And I thought I would have support and treatment for my trauma because it was experienced at the workplace. It was like a workplace injury. But instead, heroes are untouchable and they never fail right they never fail and if they do fail in the middle of the movie you know at the end of the movie they're saving the day and there's repentance and everything is right in the world again and that's not the human experience like you're gonna make mistakes because you're a human and we we cannot continue to we need to hold doctors and providers to a higher standard of care, but we can't hold them to a standard where they're not allowed to make mistakes. They are human. Like no industry is going to have people that don't make any mistakes. That's an unrealistic expectation. And right now that's just not the way it is. No, there's so much fear in admitting, admitting that you're wrong or admitting that you don't know, admitting that you're 
consulting with a team and, you know, I think in some ways that's okay. And it's seen as, it's seen as like the thing to do when you're talking about a bigger care plan. But if you're talking about mistakes like that, it just won't be admitted. And that's just not realistic. And it bleeds into the patient experience. So if you're acting from a place, if you are giving care from a place of fear, your care is flawed. If you are so fearful to, you know, treat anything outside of the box, it totally, totally stomps on any creative thinking. And medicine is that fine dance of art and skill and education and knowledge and a little bit of experimentation because we're humans, right? We're, we're dealing with biology. We're dealing with the live things. We're dealing with nature. Like sometimes you have to be a little creative in the way that you think about things and you just totally diminish any sort of out of the box thinking when you only allow people to operate from a place of fear. Mm -hmm. And the expectation that they always have the right answer, right? Yeah. Superheroes, they don't always second guess, but they could just keep trying the next right answer. Yep. They're like, we're going to do this and we're going to do this and it's going to work. Even if it doesn't work, it eventually something, you know, something has to work and that's kind of how it feels. And that hierarchy of who's in charge, you know, and that like backseat that patients and con consumers sometimes take in their healthcare, this feeling that is totally supported inside of healthcare, like take take a back seat. Like we went to school for this. Yeah. No one ever challenges a superhero, right? Except their arch nemesis. So who's the arch nemesis in the hospital system? <gasps> Who is it? Oh, that's right. That is a very much, oh, we could just like take this metaphor forever. <laughs> <laughs> You're, you are attacking the superhero if you, and that's totally how it feels sometimes. It's totally mm. how it feels in a, in a community, in a team. That's really not a team. It's a hierarchy. And it's not a community and it's not safe to bring up ideas and to bring up, you know, shared, sh shared decision-making. It's actually an attack. It's like, how dare you think that I don't know what's best for you? That's a mindset we've got to get providers out of because, you know, those, those providers, that mindset, that thinking is the problem. You know, it's part of the problem. Like it is one of those broken pieces. It can't be an attack on you as a provider. Um, you as a provider, you got to understand that people have free will and they're allowed to choose what is best for them. And they deserve to dig into the information and ask questions, right? So in medical schools, I wonder if we could start teaching a different mindset, like start from the very beginning, the ground up, stop breeding this idea that you know best because of your white coat or the letters after your name, you know, that, that spiral happens in nursing too, where policies and procedures are put in place to keep everyone safe is what is truly, we believe, you know, mm. it's what's told over and over. And so if you want to be the safest, then you follow the policy and everyone should. And that's just, that's just so the way it is. That's yeah, that's the way it is. And it's, it's hard to get out of that mindset and it's hard to get out of that practice. Um, it's my brain is like kind of exploding a little bit, a little bit spinny because this whole superhero thing, it doesn't go all the way though. Like 
like one, we don't have the outfits. <laughs> You're stuck on the outfit. Right? And the pizza. <laughs> so like, that's just a small part of like, here's an example of how it's really not a superhero. We don't ask for it. It's hard on us. Like it puts this pressure to always be on and always be right and always be healing. And we butt up against this red tape and we butt up against. So here's a story. The how the hero narrative unnecessarily separates consumers from healthcare workers and contributes to the silencing of their stories. So, so I have two examples. So one example is even when I would try to speak out and we talked about this, if you haven't heard our like, welcome, here we are podcast episode, we talked about kind of our pillars of this podcast and silencing is one of them. It's a theme that's going to come up a lot. And it's a theme that I think a lot of people can relate to feeling shame if they speak out. But even in the community, I think consumers, the, our culture really, really wants to believe this superhero narrative, because even when I would talk to family and friends and try to just unravel what was going on or how I felt stuck or, you know, how I felt mistreated, I would get, but you help so many people, which should be in place of respect, respectful work environment. I'm not sure. Oh, but your job is so important. That shit didn't even make any sense to me. Of course it's important, but also I feel this way. And it's because of this, you know, it's set up like this. It's set up to be hard. It's set up to, you know, not be able to give ideas when I have these ideas, not, not to be heard, um, be resistant to change. And they would say, you change lives on the daily. I would love that job. That must feel so good when you get to do that. You get to help people. It felt so backwards. I never felt like, oh, I get to help people. No, I worked really, really hard. And I have to, on my own, juggle my health care, my mental health to be able to do this. I have unique skill set, you know, to like, kind of battle all of the obstacles to be able to do this. And I was always told, oh, you're so lucky to get that job. It didn't feel like that. Like, it didn't oh, feel like luck. You're so lucky to be called to be a superhero. <laughs> I don't remember the stories of how uh, Spider-Man became a superhero. But yeah, that's who I was thinking of. How he got bitten. He didn't ask for it either. Nope, not lucky. When everyone's yeah. like, ooh, <laughs> you're so lucky to be a spider. Uh, nope. Now it's like this pressure. And even, so here's the mind bend. Even when I left my hospital bedside job, when I left and I was leaving and I was saying my goodbyes, an upper level administrator said to me that I had known for the whole time I was there over 10 years. She was shocked when I told her I was leaving. And I'm like, if you know me, why would you be shocked? I've been speaking out about this for years. What are you talking about? And she looked me dead in the eye. It was so serious and said, but what about your patients? What will they do without you? The manipulation is unreal right there. That is total manipulation. You don't get to put that weight on somebody when they're trying to set boundaries for themselves. So if I were a superhero, my superpower would be to combat the red tape and moral injury 
this is what I wanted to say to her. You know, you go back and you're like, oh, should have said, you know what? <laughs> you know what? You are putting that superhero narrative onto me right now in this manipulative tactic. If I had superpowers, I would combat the red tape and moral injury that was really keeping me from really truly supporting birthing people because that's where I worked. And the way they were asking to be supported in a trauma-informed patient-centered way. But I don't have that superpower, so I have to go. I wish I could tell her that. That was a really badass comeback right there. <laughs> I'm no, like super proud. My chest is out a little bit. I'm I like, would, that's my friend. That's my friend. <laughs> I would swoosh my cape and I would fly my ass out of there. That's what I should have done. I got bit by a spider and I don't have to deal with this. He's out blowing this popsicle stand. I blowing love it. That's I right. That it. nurse in her hatchback car, she should have been like, you know. She should have been like, I got in a car accident. I'm not coming to work today like any other human, like literally. Right. I was just, I guess it was so telling for me that my very first thought was not like, wow, she's a hero, or even like, wow, I hope she's okay. It was like, wow, at what expense is this? This is so terrible that she doesn't even feel like she has the chance to call out when she's been in a multiple car accident, multiple car pileup with deaths and very serious injuries. And her priority right now is getting to work. It's kind of like that unhealthy relationship, you know, that like totally. domestic relationship totally. where you hear something so sick and you're like, you don't think like, oh my gosh, like they love each other. You think what is going on underneath that is so deep and so harmful that she's afraid of that pulls her into work to her shift mm. when, I mean, literally there are so many examples of you being disposable I mean, I've had managers say, we just need a warm body. Like, we don't care who it is. We just need someone here. It's for numbers. It's for staffing. Like, what is that fear, that deep-seated fear that's pulling her through a multiple car pile up to get to work? And it, it, it also goes back to that superhero narrative that, like, at a drop of a hat, there's an emergency and the superhero has to drop their clothes. <laughs> Put literally, their, literally their, get out of their hatchback of their car. <laughs> literally run to the scene and save the day. There's no one else that can do it. Yet there are plenty of people that can do it. <laughs> we're reminded all the time that we're disposable. We need a warm body. It's, it's not a nursing shortage. It's, and there's got to be better ways to get this done, I think, is it's got kind of the overall consensus. Yeah. And it's everyone's responsibility. It right. is everyone's, it's the consumer's responsibility to know, to know what's going on under the hood, to know really what's going on. It's the society's responsibility to stop being fed these superhero lines and understanding no one's a superhero. We're all humans and we should be supporting the people that are going to be caring for us in our most, in our time of most need, in our dire time, in our birth, in our death. And in our family members' dire times, these are the people that we should be lifting up and a society should be putting the pressure on that. You should not be doing, if you have a choice, you can't be doing business with the hospitals that treat their 
nurses and doctors and staff like this. You have to dig in. You have to find out. You have to listen to the people that are telling the stories. Uh-huh, the podcast that you're listening to. Share far and wide because this is the stuff that society needs to hear to be able to change their behavior and put pressure on the businesses that are mistreating their staff and their teams. Because if it's not if it's not going to make money and it doesn't work for the bottom line, you know, they're probably not going to just, oh, we just heard you don't like to be calling heroes. Why don't we just give you more money? <laughs> We've been Thank you. That. Thank you. We've been saying that. So Thank it has you. to come from everyone for this change to happen. And the culture cannot be that your nurse is untouchable, that your doctors aren't real people, that they, that you can't have open, candid conversations with ideas and, you know, like back and forth discussion about things. Like you do not have superheroes taking care of you. You have humans, which is way better. And you have humans around you that can support you if we can give you the proper environment to make this nice, warm, cohesive environment that providers and nurses can lean on one another. It will start from the inside and bleed out. Our patients will start to feel it. Other healthcare systems will start to catch on. And then we're going to see this kind of across the nation ripple, I think, of hospitals starting to learn like, wow, we should be actually breeding a culture of warm positivity and, you know, nurturing and soft landings when you have a hard day. That's right. Because it's podcasts and social media like this that are going to be pushing healthcare professionals to be, you know, standing in and leaning into their, that they're valuable and they should be respected and they do have superpowers, but it's not because they're superheroes. It's because they're really special people that care a lot and have a lot of empathy and compassion and science minded. And they put it all together to take care of humans and they can leave <laughs> and they can go shopping and they can go find places that make them feel safe and comfortable and they can be part of a bigger team and improve that team with the hospital, not swimming upstream and always feeling like it's hard and always having to recover after every shift. So it's places like this. We're so glad you're here listening because this is part of it. I really feel like we're part of it. <laughs> Definitely. I think this is going to be a really good global change. And I truly do believe deep down in my soul that um, the benefits are going to be for everyone. Um, once we start to kind of change the culture of medicine, everybody is going to reap the benefits of that. So exactly. So much more to come. I can't wait for this. Me too. Oh my goodness. This was such a good episode. Mandy, anything on your mind that you want to wrap us up with? Maybe what can you do for your fellow healthcare professionals to let them know that you're a safe space that they can land when things get hard? Is there anything that is like a telltale sign, you know, kind of like the scarlet letter, but in a good way to say like, I'm one of you and you're safe to talk to me and we can figure this out. Yes. I think that I know that I'm talking to someone safe when they don't try to fix what I'm sharing with them and nurses and doctors and therapists, OT, PT, respiratory, we're all fixers, right? We want to fix. And so when I can talk, when I talk with someone in the system and they say, wow, 
that sounds really hard. Or like you said today at the beginning of this episode, I'm so sorry. That feels so good to not say, oh my gosh, I didn't even know. I didn't mean that. I'm sure they mean the best. No, none of that. If if, If a healthcare professional comes to you and you just sit with them with their stuff, that is meaningful and that is safe. And we need more of that. We need more of that. All right, you guys, if you are ready for more of that, tune in next time to the Pulse Check podcast. And otherwise, we'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. We wanted to leave you with a quick stat and something to think about until we see you next time. According to a 2018 report from the National Academies of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicine, the prevalence of sexual harassment in academic medicine is almost double that of other science and engineering specialties. This presents a serious danger that ripples into patient safety, clinical outcomes, and burnout, which leads to costly loss of talent. How much safer could medicine be if nurses and physicians weren't also battling sexual harassment day in and day out? If you or anyone you know has a story to share, please contact us on Instagram at pulsecheck.podcast. We'd love to share your story.